Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here, and I uh, just got back from the Sniper's Hide Cup uh, yesterday. Uh, we spent the weekend up in Colville, Washington. Kind of a, it was dead, man. It, it, it Like 8.30, the place was shut down. I landed in the airport at 7.30. It was shut down. Like security turned off everything. They only had like two flights a day. It was kind of weird. Um, but no, nice little trip up to Colville, dodged some weather. Oh, we, we had a storm uh, front come through the first morning of the match. We kind of stalled a little bit, let it pass. Uh, and then we had a nice little, little fun little match. Uh, missed all our Canadians. Sorry, you guys couldn't cross the border. Cross the border. Border. Um, couldn't do that. You guys were stuck. Um, so that, that kills a big contingent for us. And, and you know, this year... Uh, kind of go back to Clint Sharp and Carl Taylor. They host this for me. They put everything, all the hard work, and, the, and they do it. They, they show up, and they're like, hey, just be frank and go do your thing. And so that's awesome that they let me do that. Um, but uh, Clinton, you know, does the RTC, Rifleman's Team Challenge, does the car stetter up there and a lot. And I really like what Carl and Clint have going on in that Colville Northwest area. Uh, it's it's. I mean, think about it. It's it's a field course. They may mix in a little bit of barricade stuff. They got some props, not a lot, but enough to enough to kind of make the point. And then you, you know, um, the fact that you can do team or individual is is the big plus, man. Think because you're you're catering to more people. It, it's it, you know, you, there's some movement, so you got to carry your stuff. And and this year, Carl uh, uh, made it a little easier because there was some talk in the in the past that the targets were small in certain places and then again we had a nice mix of handgun and rifle so uh fight to your rifle kind of stuff and and i really dig that you know that that kind of um lends to where my head is at today i, I like the idea of a well-rounded marksman and so when you have an event where it's find it range it engage it now we pointed out the targets um, you know, we don't do like CD does a nice job with that. Their find it, range it, engage it has those limits. And the limits basically say, uh, you know, look to the left, look to the right in between. There's your targets. Well, we point them out to you because they can be hidden really, really well. Um, a lot more woods, uh, you know, competition dynamics in the desert, a little sparser. And then once you, you basically get the pattern, but we tend to go a little wider, a little, um, little uh harder to find i guess is a better way of putting it so uh that works out really really well for how i like this match to go um round counts were, were up there so you know it was a i would have probably went a, a, a extra piece of steel or two but that's all right i mean these guys it, so much is going on it, you know it's it's hard to kind of say what's happening when when the floods gates open back up i know carl Instead of getting, you know, a trickle of military like he was supposed to, he got like them all at one time. And because they use that area up there, the the units in the northwest Washington area also use this property. So it, it they, they that's where the burn car comes from. So if you go online, I posted a ton of pictures, a whole lot of pictures are posted in um so uh, you you can check out that, but I'll break down some of the stages. Met some of the guys there. Uh, you know, congrats to John Pinch and Jake Vibbert. Uh, they they won it. They won it uh, in a commanding sense. That I think they won it by quite a bit of points, in almost max points. They were probably close to eighty eight percent of possible, um, which is high, and and that was sort of by design. 
uh, to, to, you know, like I said, we made the targets slightly bigger. Uh, so, uh, John and, uh, Jake put on a, uh, yeah, Vibber put on a clinic, uh, with it, got to meet Jake's daughter, Mel. She was doing some social media, some video stuff for, uh, Jake and following them around. So it's, it's kind of a funny story with, with that field. And, and there was some, you know, no, you can, yes, you can, no, you can't, uh, you know, and then finally there's the makeup tours and, and that, and I thought that was funny because when I showed up, I didn't know, I didn't know who's coming. Uh, you know, I, I, I got off the plane on Sunday, did what I had to do Thursday. I was out working, not working. I was out uh, shopping all day. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but anyway, I was out all day. So I left right from where I was to the airport and then, you know, uh, went, went to Colville and, and flew in. It, it was, like I said, it was a weird, weird flight, man. It, it, they're, they're, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to get into it. It's so hard to explain how things are going on out there. And, and it's, I know it's, it's it, to me, just remember it's inconsistent and arbitrary. And so, that just turns it into this, like, oh my God, what are we doing? And uh, that's it. But hey, got to visit with some guys. John Snow was there. John Snow from uh, Outdoor Life in uh, uh, Field and Stream. I did a podcast with John. Hopefully, John posts it because it was actually really good, man. I talking to John is is awesome. Um, it flows really well. We we so if 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 Outdoor Life Field and Stream do their podcast, I I and and I and you see my episode is there. I think it went off really well, and you'll enjoy it. Uh, we get to talk pizza, him and I, because we're both from Connecticut. He, he's a Peppy's guy. I, I I would rather go to Sally's, but Peppy's is easier sometimes. I get it. And so we were talking about that, and then, um, you know, it, it went from there. We talked about just the competition, because this was 17 years, man, for the Sniper's Hide Cup. That's a long time. Think about that. Think about all the stuff you read about, all what's going on, and, you know, the – um. The, the series type stuff is only about eight years old right now or going to be eight years old this year. And we're, we're looking at 17 years with the Sniper's Hide Cup. So, hey, good stuff, man. It, it, it's, it's been a long running match. And, and like I said, originally I was going to blow this year off because my I knew my schedule was going to be kind of crazy. And, you know... Uh, the Kung Flu kind of made a, made made that uh, even worse in a way because it kind of threw everything into chaos. And then, you know, I, we still had our June. We were able to do that. So what was happening was, you know, I come back on Sunday for uh, Alaska. We had our great block of classes. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Alaska After Actions. Um, we're getting some really good feedback from that stuff. And then, you know, like I said, Thursday and I – Technically should have left like Wednesday, but I ended up pushing it to Thursday as best I could. Um, so Wednesday I should have left. Then Monday you come home. Well, then, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week, I have the mile high classes, which we'll get into in a minute. So, um, you know, I, I'm teaching a class. So it gets to be like, wow. And, and when this starts in May, I mean, the schedule's just one right after the other, right after the other. And so that that kind of burns me up a little bit and, and tears me down. So having a little bit of a break, um, yeah, I'm getting old, man. You know, it's old and tired. But um, then also had Kalen there, Kalen off Modern Day Sniper. He's got some really good stuff going on. Uh, I got to visit with him and talk about uh, some direction and stuff. And hopefully we can get the Modern Day um, some some content from modern day over on Sniper's Hide. 
and and you know I'm behind everything Kalen and Phil are doing uh, with the modern day sniper. I, it, it's it's those guys are top of the game. Um, I had one of the army guys, or there's a couple army teams there. Uh, one of the guys, Griffin and, and stuff. Uh, shout out to the the seventh there. They um. They they were like, hey, who's your go to guy now, and who do you listen to, and sort of like, and there's there's sort of categories of mentor, and then there's sort of categories of like, you know, what am I listening to today, and who would I go to today for that, um, and so the Kalen and and Phil are definitely on the top of my list, and and so when I was talking to these guys, and they're local to Washington, there's a, there's a big um, military contingent up there in that Washington state. And, and so, um, you know, you're talking to them and they're like, well, where would you go? What do you do? And who would you, you know? And it's like right there. And so I brought Kalen over and introduced them to uh, those guys. Um, really, I, you know, it's super refreshing to see guys who get paid for this, whether they're law enforcement or military, this is their job. And yet they go on their own and they're out there uh, competing and they're out there learning and they're out there pushing their own personal skill set without, you know, Uncle Sam forcing them or, you know, uh, like .gov saying, you know, we'll pay for your weekend, um, you know, because that's part of it. It's really, it, it's, it should be more than just about being in the billet and being in the job. It should be, this is, this is that special, you know, I don't want to say special operations, but kind of is. Um, you know, we never looked at it as, as a Marine sniper being special than another sniper, but you do have an added layer of schooling and responsibility. And there's a personal responsibility to that. You know, if you're an LE guy, are you going out and, 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 and pushing yourself and learning more or kind of enhancing even when they're not, um, paying for it. And that might be going to competitions to get the experience, to get the reps in a uh, nice, cool thing. Griffin was shooting six, five Creed. He was shooting 123s, right? And he really liked the way the 123s were performing because he has his. He was able to get the speeds to just tick over 3,000 feet per second. So this, he was listening to the podcast. It goes back to me, lights versus heavies. And what you find is that that speed and that velocity not only boosts a little bit of the BC, but it wins. And then when your velocities and speeds are down in the heavy bullets, it subtracts from that so that you don't get the on-paper advantage you think you would get if you're just going off of like some sort of raw numbers that aren't adjusted for reality. And so I, I found I, several times, you know, during the Cups. Uh, last year, a big one was the guy shooting the left-hand gain twist on their AI rifles from Mile High, you know, because Mile High had been ordering in left-hand gain twists, and guys were using them, and they were in the match, and they were really enjoying it. This year... You know, I talked to Griffin and he's having the light bullets um, and, and stuff like that. So they're shooting the lighter faster and they're enjoying that. They're finding the recoils less. And, and the advantages that I've spoke about, they saw. And he didn't turn around. I mean, you know, and these are guys and this is the beauty of it. And this is why I like that this part of it and in, in interacting with people. Because, you know, um, first day I rode, and I'll get into that in a second. And the um, second day I was able to wander around and interact with everybody and take pictures um, sit down and visit for a, quite an extended amount of time with the shooters. And, and, and this was one group that I spent um, a lot of time talking to. And so if it didn't work, they're going to tell me. You know what I mean? Because if, 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 people are like, it's like chase faster, chase lighter, chase smaller. 
you know, in that six millimeter crowd. But if you go down to those 123s, man, and you get those speeds up, you're, you're doing the same thing, but then you're still getting a little bit more advantage with wind drift and things like that. So um, it's, it's doable. There wasn't a lot of wind. It was tricky wind. That's the nice thing. The, the, the land in Colville, the terrain with the hills, with the, with the way it's cut in, creates a tricky, tricky wind situation for a lot of guys out there. Having my morning coffee. I'm um, trying to get these knocked out for you. So um, it's it's that tricky wind, man. And, and that's something that, you know, we should be, that, that guys should be pushing themselves to go work in. Is, is go out there and shoot in the wind. Go out there and learn that. And that's why competitions, man, are, are a cheap form of training because they're getting your reps in. And there's a way you can go out there and say you don't have the money to go and take take off three days for, you know, Frank class or something or anybody else. And, and you know, but you, it should be about personal development when you're in that billet. You know, you should be looking at things beyond what's required of you because things change so often and you could do your job smarter. I mean, or even the tripods, you know, because this this match, my match, the Sniper Side Cup is so heavy tripod. I mean, you would almost be better off showing up with a tripod than showing up, um, you know, with a bipod. In a lot of ways. And we had uh, Dale Poling from Elite Iron there. I talk about the Elite Iron. Mark's a big proponent of Elite Iron. You saw a ton of Elite Irons on the line because guys are starting to get the hint. Better bipods help. You know what I mean? That Yeah, you can do it. I mean, if you're just, if you think about it, if, if, if 75% of the stages are tripod and only 25% you can use your bipod, well, then any bipod will get you away with something. You know what I mean? If you're going to drop down on Harris and no big deal and knock out a few shots, you're probably not going to see any any plus or minus. But when you're trying to develop that accuracy, when you're trying to shoot farther, when you're trying to do things that go beyond, the, the better equipment, you know, pays for itself. And so Dale was there with uh, Steve Damron um, doing the uh, lean iron stuff. They had some suppressors, bipods, put some things on the prize table for us. Uh, we let Dale kind of come in, and he, he dropped some some bipods out. And, and I, I think the two junior kids snatched them up, them up smart. Tristan and his uh, buddy there, I think Clayton was his last name. Um, so uh, I think it was Woodbury and Clayton were our junior team that actually worked together, um, which is great to see. Those guys are consistent with that. Tristan, I actually had on the podcast was a little scared. It was a shot show one, but uh, no, he did a good job. And and they shot really well together. They're working out, and 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 it's about it's it's that reps. It's that experience. It's cultivating time on you know time on target, time on experience. However you want to do it. And and these guys are going out and learning. And and anything with a clock helps. Um, I shot the first day. The, the very first day I, I RO'd a stage, I RO'd and I turned it into a blind stage just by virtue of how the ground was. I was actually in the middle of a swamp alongside the pond. Um, surprised I just didn't get beat up and eat up by uh, bugs, but no, it was actually pretty good. Um, nothing really. 
And so we had a tree off the edge of the swamp. And so you had to come and meet me in there. And then we had three targets, uh, one at 300, one at like 400, and it, or it was like three, five, six, or three, four, six. And they were smaller. One was a sliver. One was a 45. The other was a 45 as well, Ipsix. And it was tripod shooting, and you had to coordinate with your teammate. Nobody cleaned my stage. Um, uh, Vibbert and Pinch uh, dropped one, and, and, and the one that missed the most, and it's the one that John missed when he dropped it, was um, – the, the short one, the 300 yard, and it was a 66 percenter that was cut down the middle. So you only had half a head and then the shoulder and the arm on a 66 percent IPSC, and it was hanging there kind of like half a target. And it sort of meant a lot of these targets we, we kind of go to represent. Um, You know, you can put them alongside almost a piece of wood, but give it a little bit of a gap. So if they miss, it doesn't spall and hit the target. But think about Think about views and looks and what you're doing. And that's kind of one of the things Carl does is that he'll take bigger targets and make them appear smaller or do things to manipulate them in, in that around obst- natural obstacles. So, you know, when we talk about um, uh, stages and we, you know, we say, hey, man, try not to be as contrived, try to be a little more realistic and, you know, don't have guys, you know, standing on their hands and trying to shoot with their pinky toe and stuff like that. It's like, well, you can take a bigger target and, and, and obscure it a bit, or you can take a, a, a piece of steel that might not be as good anymore or serviceable and cut it in half and use part of it and, and then line it up so it looks like it's someone peeking out around a corner. Anything to change the look, anything to make it uh, just outside of you know, there it is, shoot it. There it is, shoot it. There it is, shoot it. It, it. it needs to, you know, like one of the ones I used to like a stage. We didn't do it this time. We were in a different area. But I like the one where he puts like the 66er behind a stump and on an angle. And really, you're only getting the head and part of the shoulders, but it's a 66% plate. You know what I mean? Or, or, or it's 100% rather. I take that back. It's 100% plate. And so we, we hide it and we move it and you got to find it. And, and it's, you know, if you have one spot, even if it's like the only piece of green or something next to a manicured range or a berm using a, a defilade type shot with a berm. And if it's just slightly off centered and off the beaten path, create that stage that uses that piece of natural obstacle to limit the target size or to change the view of the target, you know? And so it's not a full on square circle, Ipsic, whatever the case may be. And, and, and that's one of the, pl- the pluses I like that comes out of what Carl's doing over there because he works with the military, because he's used to contracting and has been active in what he does. And, you know, so there's, there's, he, he understands how things look when you're downrange. And so he's kind of trying to create elements of that look for you without 100% tripping you up. And so that's that's kind of where we're at with that. Um, who else? When, what else was did we have going on? I have Surgeon George, hung out with those guys, always fun. Um, you know, when you, when you get to go, I got some funny-ass video of uh, of George, man. Uh, George, no legs, in case you guys know him. He, he gets kind of moved around in the wheelchair with Surge. Um, so I, I, I'm friends, you know, I, we, we have text kind of discussions every day and funny shit. And they always send me memes and things. And 
So I, I enjoy their company and, and hanging out with those guys. And those are, you know, they're ultimate competitors, man. George goes to everything. George did really well in the ELR event. Now he's here shooting a similar rifle in this event. And and so he, you know, and Serge is his is is his left hand and his two legs. And so um, you know, takes him around. And so getting to visit with those guys because they have a perspective that is is unique in a way because, you know, George in some, you know, if you looked at it from the outside because of George's, uh, you know, problems there and, and that, they're not problems for George, but, you know, because George is missing his legs and part of his hand and different things, he, he, he has to do things compromise, right? He'll have to compromise certain stages or do some things slightly different than the others because he can't move. He can't get around. You can't always bring a wheelchair into a field course or do stuff a certain way. So because he'll still engage the targets the same, but sort of the setup gets changed a little bit. And guys guys will, will bitch on the background. You know, they'll say stuff. I've been there. I've seen it. Where where they go, well, he didn't do that like he's supposed to. It's like, yeah, he can't shoot with his left hand. He doesn't have one. You know, it's like, dude, what did you think? You know, yeah, you, so you pulled the trigger with your left hand and because you switched like that, you think him not having a left hand and having to do it right is an advantage. And it's like, nah, dude, if you can't transition to your left and right equally the same, you're the one who's, uh. but anyway, that, so George has that perspective where he's a top five competitor in these events but he has sort of this look at him where where people will go, well, he compromised. And it's like, oh, of course he did, dude. But he's also, you know what? Trade with him after. When the match is over, go sit in his chair, man, and go be that guy. And and, and it's like, eh, he don't bitch. He don't complain. He does his thing, you know, but he's funny, man. It's, so I got a meltdown stage with him because there was a confirmation target and it was like, do I shoot one or do I shoot two? And I didn't hear it either. I came in a few seconds late. So I don't know what the brief was. Um, and, and so he kind of turned his head. He's like, which target do I shoot? And in like a breath of air. And it was actually a cordite breath because it was warm out. And, and there's there's the trees behind him in the green and everything. And when you see him like, like yell to the RO, which one do I shoot? You know, his breath comes out and it's funny as hell, man. I'm going to have to post it on him uh, just to punk him a little bit. But, it, 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 you know, th these guys are competitors, and, and he, he's not doing it to be ugly, but he just wrapped back on it, and he shoots. And, 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 and he's hard on himself, man, because he expects, and he was a top five guy, he expects to be in the top three, and, and he's hard, man, and he practices, and he trains, and he knows where he's going to be and how they're going to go. Think about having to always coordinate two people. And coordinate around your wheelchair and coordinate around these events and the in the barricades and the different things that people are doing. And and so his mind has to go in another direction. And that's what, you know, that's why I'm saying you practice how you're gonna get into that position, you know, how fast you're gonna get the shot off and then get out and move to the next one. I mean, it should be a case of time starts now, walk however many steps forward you need to on the obstacle and that shot should be off within like 10 to 15 seconds. And if you're not doing that, that's the part you need to be practicing. You need to kind of get in there, drop that rifle on whatever you're going to use, whether it's a tripod or a bag and then come off in, in that interesting tripod thing. So, um, a lot of guys shooting 
hog saddles, which nothing wrong with it. Dig it. That's their thing. They got the, you know, the rifles aren't set up a certain way or whatever the case may be. So a lot of guys are shooting hog saddles. And um, I noticed a couple of them were actually mounting the hog saddle on the rifle and then dropping it into the tripod to because the tripods tend to have a quick release. But the hog saddle, you got to tighten. So there's a school of thought in ways where guys will either drop the hog saddle, you know, drop the rifle into the hog saddle and leave it loose and then use it that way, kind of just as a support. Or you, you, they'll drop it in and they'll try to tighten it to a certain degree to get that added stability because we're trying to eliminate wobble, right? And, and in a tripod-heavy match like mine, you're, 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 you're trying to get that as tight and locked down as possible. So you're eliminating that wobble. And what they, you know, if you're just loose on there, well, you got movement. We know we, right? So you got to make sure the back is supported better. So you're not translating that movement in the back to the movement in the front to the muzzle. Well, so what guys are doing was saying, hey, my tripod, my ball head has a QD style release. And the hog saddles and the vices, because uh, there were some um, really right stuff, vices as well have that QD sort of mount on the bottom. So put a put a mount on there and then just drop it in the tripod, unloose it, you know, release it and move around that way. And that worked out really, really well for people. I was, I was, it was kind of an interesting thing to see, um, you know, because like I said, my tripod stage was pretty darn heavy and in, in how that works. I'm, I'm going to tell you the number one secret, the difference between guys that are quick and easy is that communication and coordination. Guys who do better understand how to communicate with one another, understand how to talk while they're, I mean, I don't know. And, and I brought this up with the military guys. It's, there's a mindset of a sniper team, like, let's go, we're going to go back to Tom Ber- uh, Berenger, right? We're going to go back to sniper, they're number one. And, you know, range the legs. I got three to five on the legs or whatever he says about the um the woman's legs uh, when he's going to shoot the bad guy there in the beginning of sniper. And, and so they're scanning the area and they're doing their little whisper. But they're talking to each other, you know, but they're still whispering. And they're whispering about what they're looking at. I, you know, I'm reading his name and rank, and, and and you could see it all, and it's right there. And ooh, look at her, and she's got nice, nice body, and we like them legs. And but they're talking to each other. You know what I'm saying? Well, I got guys come to my stage, and I put them on either side of a tree, and they're not saying anything to each other. And one guy's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it first. And the other one, "Okay, go," and they say nothing. And then he's like shoots and shoots and like there's wind involved, there's ranges involved, there's, you know, coordination involved where you can be communicating, right? You guys don't have to be quiet. And I don't know if that's it or not, but it's just maybe you're not used to working with each other or what, but the better teams talk to each other the entire time and they're, and they're almost narrating what they're doing as they're doing it. And they pick a, and there's almost like a primary and then a secondary, like there's one guy who's sort of the leader of the crew and who's going to set the tone. Um, and then the other one is still feeding that communication, but working off of the first. And, and they're like, hey, I'm holding here. And, 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 and it's like 300 yard target. They're telling each other where they're exactly where they're holding. I'm holding right here. Okay. 
and then they're going to do this and they're going to do that, you know, and, and they're talking about it. So even when there is a miss or where their hits are and they're saying, dude, I'm holding right on the left edge. You hit on the right edge. Okay, I'm going to go two tenths, you know, boom. And, and, and so they're doing that kind of stuff or even I'm holding left edge. You hit on the left edge, hold center to get that maximum, you know, that kind of stuff. So think about your communication if you're working together. Even if you're not going to shoot together as a team, you're going to, you know, you should get into that habit of communicating, man. Precision rifle and sniper teamwork and all that is as quiet as it may seem. And, you know, ooh, we're hidden and we're not talking to each other. We're always talking to each other. We're always communicating. We're just lying really close so we don't have to talk loud, you know. So think about that. I got I had my coffee. I gotta hit my. What is this? Oh, that's a button. There you go. So anyway, talk about that stuff and and communicate with your partner, and even and when you're in training, work on who's going. Hey man, we're gonna drop down. You're gonna shoot first. I'm gonna spot you. You give me your first initial wound calls. I'm going to help you. I mean, you both got scopes, man. You both got all this stuff. It's worth it for you to 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 try to spot. I mean, and the other thing that we're still seeing that I think is fantastic is the fact that we're having guys now communicate with dope versus range. So to cut a step out. So I got three targets. I got three, four, six, okay? And what they're saying is hold 1.1. Okay, hold 1.7. Okay, hold 3.2. So all they're doing is they're communicating a dope and then any correction, they're giving them drop a tenth, come a tenth up. You know what I'm saying? So even if it's off because of a slight angle, because of a misrange, because of the trees. So it's it's like, okay, man, I'm going to pop up. Your job is you're going to be the second guy. I'll range a target for you. You get your rifle set up on the very first target and build that position as stable as you can. I'm going to range. Boom, 300. Boom, 400. Boom, 600. So now you're ready. I go, okay, first target is 1.0. Boom, that should be what you write down on your board. Second target is 1.7. Write that on your board. Third target is 3.2. Write that on your board. Okay, got it engaging, spotting. Now I move my rifle in position while you're shooting that first target. And then when I'm locked in, I should be locked in on the first target. First one's 300 yards. Maybe I got on on time, maybe not. But that one, if you shot alone, I'm still able to spot for you for four and six. Then that brings me back and you can tell me what you did on three when I go to my first live target. You know what I mean? Hey, when I did three, I did this. Okay, cool. Then four and six, we know because we both work together on, and it becomes that much quicker, that much easier, a lot more time. And and like I said, the the better, better teams communicated with each other. So something that for for all you guys to to think about and to um look at, and and that's a good little learning tip um from these matches. Otherwise, I mean, the only other thing I I, I really saw was that, uh, you know, simplicity wins, man. Simplicity is is the way to go. You don't have to carry a whole lot. You don't have to do all these, um, you know, get crazy with it. Guys did bring the tripods in for rear support when they had uh, the ability to support the front of the rifle, like either a barricade or the, the uh, car, because we did the mover off the car, so they wanted the rear support. You know, and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's it's definitely um 
it's it's good learning experiences to see what guys are doing on these stages and and to learn from that um like i said it's reps man it's training it, it's experience so don't waste that rep that training or those experiences um it, it it's it does something for everybody even if you're not out there sh- shooting these matches you can learn something from watching it you know they're all filming themselves to go back and watch. I mean, it was uh, I think it was Nick um, who was shooting with a junior, uh, Gardizi there was shooting with a junior, and there was one stage or something. And they came in third, man. Nick and a junior did really well, and um, you know they watched a video and there was one video that they, or one stage that didn't go as well as they wanted. And he goes, "Ooh, tonight when we go back and watch that, there's going to be some cringing, you know." And 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 but that's how they learn. You know, that, that it's throw a GoPro up there before your stage or something and, and see what you're doing. Even if it's not a great view, what you're trying to look at is that movement in and out. You know what I mean? You're not going to necessarily focus on the trigger control part of it, but you should be doing your reps and learning that. But they're watching how they've, how they, how they worked together, how the big picture looks. And that's, that's, that's information, man. And that's knowledge is, you know, knowledge is important. So Anyway, that's what I got going on. Again, busy schedule, class going with Mile High this week. Uh, so we're going to be back at it, Mike and I, um, doing our, our, our three-day Mile High class. I got to run out there and set some targets up and do some things because we, we modified that place a bit. Should be for the better. Um, going to be toasty. That's the, you know, the only downside. I got sunburned, man. I was like, the, it was cloudy and everything, but I got one of those through-the-cloud sunburns that sneak up on you, and it's kind of owie. Um, you know, hopefully it'll, uh, it'll chill out within the next couple of days, but yeah, I got sunburned and it was a little owie on me. So that's good though. Cause they were all making fun of me how pasty white I was, but I'll olivine up right after the burn. I do my first initial burn of the year and then I olivine right up and I go into my Italian roots and get to do all that. Um, last thing I want to say about the cup, uh, before I move on is, uh, to, uh, Dallas and Samantha, uh, you know, again, our condolences on Dakota, uh, Dallas and Samantha, they did the pig roast. They, they, they support that area. They're local up there. You know, um, you got, uh, there's, there's just staple. The people up there are fantastic. And, you know, uh, Dallas, we usually would run the crew of ROs, um, and, and then, you know, managing the area would be Samantha and she would take care of the girls and everything down there doing stuff more on the admin side. But, food and everything we we did the, the giant pig roasts which were fantastic but um they 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 over the covid uh stuff they lost their son in a really tragic accident and so we're supporting them and we're reaching out to them we did a raffle for them raised uh, uh some money to to help uh, it, it doesn't help but you know what i mean just to ease some of the burdens that come with that i i understand how that works um you know expenses that come in and things but uh, I just want to say that, again, my condolences, uh, everybody. I mean, last year, Dakota was like, you know, every time I turned around and needed something, he was there. And he he's always there. You know what I'm saying? And so th- this is that kind of family atmosphere. Why do we keep going back to Colville? Why do we do these things beyond sort of Clint and Carl? It's because of that network they have built. It's because of that support. And they do act like a family. And so... um you know, I, I just want to say again that they were there, they were helping, they were cooking, they were doing their things. But, you know, I get it, man. It's so terrible. 
And and so thank you for for that support. But you know, more importantly, our condolences go out to, uh, you know, both um, Dallas and, and Samantha for for the loss of Dakota. Uh, it's it's again, it's it's just super tragedy. He was way too young. I think he might have just turned thirty. So nobody wants to um nobody wants to to, to have that happen to to them. It's it's devastating on every level. So um, but. It, it's part of the match, man. That's part of that family atmosphere is to, is to, is to kind of wrap an arm around and say, Hey, we're sorry. And, and we're there. So, and that's what we did. Both of those things, um, to tell, tell everybody we're sorry and to say we're there to help, um, when it comes down to that. But, um, anyway, whew, I, uh, off to the races, watch it do races were good. The whole bubble Wallace thing is kind of crazy. I'm not like, but I, I kind of was able to catch the race cause it was delayed. Shout out to all you guys out there. Um, supporting that, uh, that was pretty powerful. And you know, uh, just to kind of, this is the only part of the politics I'll get into with this. Cause we're getting near the end of here and I'm, I'm just going to knock this out for you guys because where my head's at today, I got a lot of crap going on. I got to catch up. I got work to do. You know, how that happens. Um, but I'm, I'm a NASCAR fan. I mention it all the time. We got a lot of the NASCAR guys are on not only snipers hide, but listen to the everyday sniper podcast. I talked to a few of them, um, via text here and there because I, I've, I've met a, a, a couple and you know, th- th- there's a way to do things with what's going on. And, and there's, er, there's a way that, you know, you can sort of half-ass it. I want to just say that. Despite what you may think in your own personal deal, big picture, they, they, we all, everybody wants us to be the bad guy, right? We, we all know that. We're the bad guys. We're supposed to be the point, you know, it's, it's invasion of the body snatchers now where you have a crowd running down the road and their head rears back and they do this wailing and pointing like, uh, you know, that whole uh, Donald Sutherland at the end of the movie. That's our life right now. And when things change or things happen that you can make these changes, it's it, it, if you dip a toe in it, it's not going to work. They're just going to say, oh, you're just trying to, but you know, I think NASCAR did a leapfrog jump and, and they jumped in with both feet and I, I think it's working for them. And, and, and they're the only sport really open in the U S right now um, on, on any kind of a large scale national sport type of deal where, where they're, they're opening tracks they're trickling in people and, and they're doing some things and, you know, the, 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 the flags and the, th- I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to get deep into it. Your own personal, I understand, um, where, where one side can come from, but I also understand where they can come from. If they took a baby step, it wouldn't have worked. It would have just been, eh. and so they have to kind of jump in with both feet and say, listen, we got to change. And and they did, and and the fact that what 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 happened with in Wallace's pits, um, in his garage there stall, and then what they did prior to the race to support that, and it's funny because here at the house it was like, you know, the NFL doesn't kind of get behind the one guy as way NASCAR did, and that's cool, man, and and that's kind of like why it, it you know. We can point at our, like, to me, that's my chosen sport. You know, I watch football and, and different things, and you can be like, well, I like this team and don't like that, and that guy's a jerk, and, you know, what, why do we got to put up with him? But NASCAR's pretty uniform or unified. And it, 
to me, it, it's the easy one to kind of go body snatcher on and, and point your finger. But they're, they're, they're doing it right. In, in, there, there's no way we're going to get around some of these changes. So you, you got to go with them. And so you can either go with them smart or you can go with them and fight them the entire time. Uh, and, and I don't want to say they, they caved because I don't think they did. I think they were smart because they're going to be the biggest target. They've already been a target over the years. Okay. You're already a target to the media. And so you're, you're low hanging fruit for them. You can point to an infield and say, I saw a dozen, you know, Mississippi flags. Mark gets all mad about it. I get it. You know, you can, you can point to that and say, oh, look at that flag. And it's like, well, that's a Mississippi flag, dude. You know, that's not our fault. That's how way the flag is. Like I said, my family didn't get to this country until World War I. So I don't really care what you did back then. Um, you know, we did it in Italy too. So you, you, you got that. And it's like, look at that. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. But they're not. You can't judge a book by its cover is the bottom line. You know what I'm saying? You can't turn around and look at somebody and say, hey, that guy's a bad guy because he goes to a NASCAR race. And that guy's a racist because he does this. Because they're not. And that's not how it works. And so anything you can do to highlight that, I, I think is smart. But I, and, and again, that's going to be my only point of the politics of this stuff. I don't want to get into it. There's too many. Um, it, there's, there's nuance. And I get that. And then there's big picture that, is kind of the, um, I want to say the lesser of two evils. And so, yeah, would I, would, would, do I not want this to spill over into my leisure time? Absolutely. I don't need you to tell me how to enjoy an afternoon. But when, when there's no way around it, we got to make compromises. And I don't always see compromises being a bad thing, you know? Um, I don't see it as, as being something that we should just automatically throw the baby out with the bathwater. So that's where I'm going to stand with that thing. All righty. Um, I'm going to make up the Brian Litz and Amo podcast. Uh, we've been coordinating. They're traveling. I'm traveling. Uh, you know, I had them on the phone and it's like not working. Uh, the signals were crap and I couldn't do what I needed to do. So they're supposed to be in Thursday. We're going to make up the Brian days. So if you're listening to this and you want to throw something out for Brian and uh, Amel, put it out. I'm going to be able to talk to them about ELR because AB went and shot the ELR stuff and there should be some good data on ELR. I'm hoping to go down an ELR road with them because they're fresh off of that. So, uh, but if you have questions for Brian, for Emil, drop them up Thursday. I'm supposed to be doing the makeup uh, podcast. Um, like I said, with the world kind of turning back on the little bit that it is, y- y- you have to do it. And, and so, I, like I said, man, there's compromise you have to make. I don't, I don't, you don't like them, but it's like, ah, I'm not going to fight it, man. I'm just going to, I'm going to do my thing. And as soon as I'm, I'm, as soon as they're not looking, I'll do my thing again. You know what I'm saying? But if, if, if in this small little window, like on an airplane, if in this small window of the day, I got to play a game for a few minutes, I'm going to play the game. And then once I'm gone and around the corner, well, then it's my rules. You know what I mean? I'm saying, so just be smart because you, we don't need to confront. And, and do all kinds of crazy shit. Because uh, we're the bad guy. I get it. Um, yes. And, and, you know, if that's the question, yes, I am. But you, you ain't going to catch me. And that kind of thing. And so that's where I'm at with that kind of stuff. But thanks, everybody, for listening. 
Thanks for sharing. Thanks for supporting the Everyday Sniper. Thanks for jumping in my shit when I was late on you guys. I know I was, like I said, man, it it was like uh, moving around and this, and I was just like, ah, I'm on strike right now. I don't want to do any. But I'm I'm, I'm in in a much better zone. Got everything stacked up the way I want, cleaning up the, the area, did some swag things, um, and just trying to make a better program for everybody. We're, we're, we're trying to put out solid content. We're trying to put out uh, stuff that's easily absorbed. We're not trying to talk over your head. You know, I mean, it's too easy to do that, man. To start throwing numbers on, oh, six and two and seven and eight. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, why? Why do we got to throw numbers at people and talk over their head? Let's simplify this. Let's make it a little easier for the next guy. You know, um, there we don't have to scare or create some kind of voodoo around something. So that way you think I'm the only guy who could do it. You can do it every bit as well as I can. I just happen to have more time to think about it. You know, so that that's all it comes down to is that kind of stuff. So anyway, I really appreciate you guys listening, sharing, commenting in the app. Um, it does help. And, and you know, if you want to go into Sniperside Forum, the forum's cruising. We I, I just did an audit and some things. So I'm going to be making some changes to the forum. I'm going to be doing some... Um, some uh, working on content, working on some other stuff, uh, working on how you interact with that. I'm going to probably be boiling it down into easier to navigate. Um, outsiders, I'd look at it, audit the site, and they kind of said navigation isn't as, as intuitive, as simple as it should be. So we may end up blocking some things and just taking advantage of the software that I moved to. The big upgrades were designed to then help um, you guys navigate and use the site in a better way um, and to look at different things as far as like maybe an app comes around or maybe something so you can access it easier. So we're looking at these different things to take advantage of that software that we've installed and used over the last couple months. So your feedback's important, man. You're the ones that are using it. You're the ones that are talking on Sniper's Hide. Our numbers are giant right now, guys. I mean, we've never been as big as we are today. And and I think we have positive um, growth that way too. It's not just some um, unnatural, everybody's there just cutting up like a, you know, a bunch of ha-has. We're keeping that stuff where it belongs in those two sections. But everything else is busy, man. And, and that's important. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. And have a good one. Stay safe out there. And we'll talk to you soon. Cheers.